Well, today we have a treat. Uh, many of you know our um, our pastors, Bishop Flynn and Carolyn Johnson in Atlanta. Um, they've been our pastors for about maybe like 19 years or so. Um, and the Lord supernaturally kind of brought us together, my husband and I, with Bishop um, Flynn and Carolyn Johnson. And I said to somebody during the first, at the end, tail end of the first service that my husband and I would not be the leaders that we are today if it had not been for our pastors. Like, everybody needs pastors. Even Jesus was a man under authority, right? And I think um, we are, we are like, we're such a blessed people because we have pastors. And Pastor, or Bishop Flynn and Carolyn Johnson, um, uh, or sorry, I should say Elder Yule and Jane Crawford work alongside our pastor. And they've worked alongside them for how many years now have you guys worked with them? Over 30 years. How many people know that's faithfulness? To the house, to so there, and there probably been many different kerfuffles and arguments, and and they weren't like we're out of here. We're gonna go start our own church. They've been faithful to walk alongside what God is doing in Atlanta, and we're so honored to have them with us this morning. Um, Prophet Yule has been a mentor to me, and still is a mentor to me in the prophetic. Such a powerful prophetic voice that does a ton of different things. And he's going to come and give us, you know, some of a little bit of what he does um, outside of just working for the church. So if you can join with me and give them a great Toronto City Church welcome this morning, Prophet Yule and Jane Crawford. Yeah, let's stand. Let's give them a shout this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Give the Lord praise for Pastor Brandon and Pastor Sharon. Um, I have a a couple things I need to do before um, bringing the message. Um, But before we do that, I want my wife to greet you. And then there are a couple people I need to minister to. And there is a word the Lord wants to give, prophetic word regarding what he wants to do as a consequence uh, of the fast that you've been on. But I want my wife to say hello to you before we begin. Amen. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here this morning. Clap it up for yourselves for being here this morning. I mean, I heard Pastor Sharon say she was wondering about who's going to be here this morning, but you made it through. In Atlanta, we don't get a lot of snow, um, you know, so I was telling somebody when it, if, if it snows in Atlanta, we have to hurry up and take a picture and everybody's calling everybody like, look outside, it's snowing. And we're just like in awe because we, we just don't get a lot of it. And so we've been videotaping so we can show everybody where we've been because they will know where y'all been that had all that snow. But uh, it's beautiful. We love Toronto and thank you so much. This is our favorite place to come uh, because God is doing so many great things in the midst of this local church and in the midst of your nation. And we're excited about the turnaround. The scripture says where darkness um, abounds, grace does much more abound. So there's a lot of grace over this city. Because we've been talking uh, with your pastor since we've been here. And, 
you know, just hearing a lot of the things that have been going on with the violence with the youth. And, you know, it seems to be something that's just, um, there's this wave of darkness, I believe, that's just, you know, the enemy is trying to bring over, not just, uh, you know, your city in this nation, but also in the U.S. as well. But we are never without hope. Because the Bible lets us know that if there is a lot of darkness, there is a lot of grace. And so that means that the the mercy of God is very present there. And guess who's going to minister that? It is going to be God's church. And that means you and I, we get to help administer that grace of God. And so we're just really excited um, this morning and just what God is doing. And uh, how many of you were here uh, this weekend, Friday or Saturday? Yeah, that's a a good number of you. And you came back this morning because we know uh, that you were, some of you were out late on Friday night and then you came back on on Saturday and now you're here this morning. And uh, there's something to be said about faithfulness. I believe that God rewards those who are faithful, who learn to press their way is something that we've learned. It's like no matter how you feel, show up. Because somebody's counting on you. At my job, I stuck that on my computer. No matter how I feel, get up, dress up, and show up. Because sometimes I didn't want to go to work. I was like, Jesus, please, can you help me? But it was a reminder to me, somebody is counting on me. I need to be on my post. I need to be in place. And so you're on your post. We drill this into our intercessors. We don't take a holiday. Because the devil does not. So we stay on our post. If we're sick, we try to stay on our post. If we're not feeling well, regardless, you know, be on our post. And so you're commended this morning. You are a faithful people. And God is so pleased with you and your faithfulness. You're going to hear a great word from God this morning. So I want you to just open your hearts and uh, receive Prophet Yule. Amen. Amen. As I said... As I said in the other service, I have to get used to my wife saying Prophet Ewell or Elder Crawford because at home I'm not known by that. (laughs) At home I'm known by Ewell, can you take the garbage out? Ewell, can you start the car up? You know, you will you move this? You know, you will you do that? Amen. But, but so, so anyway, I have to get used to that. I am so thankful. I told someone, someone said uh, um, about pastors and about people who serve in the house of God, they said, well, uh, they never thought that when people are around us, I don't shy away from allowing them to see us auger or uh, have a difference because I want people to understand that just because you have an argument or you you know, have a difference. It doesn't mean the world is ended. Amen. And, and because we do life together, we, are, we may argue for a second and next thing you know, we're hugging and kissing and everything is all right. And so, uh, and this is what it's all about. Some people won't get married because they don't want the argument, but you know something, you, you, you cannot enter into another level of love in a relationship unless there is reconciliation. And so I'm thankful to Jane. I'm thankful to God for giving Jane to me. And I'm more appreciative to the Lord and to you for being who you are to me. Amen. Amen. And so 
And so, um, uh, Pastor um, Sharon gave me permission to um, say this. Um, how many of you have been hearing about prophetic words about having um, that this is a time of Goshen or this is a time where you should have um, in Ecclesiastes 11 chapter it talks about seven streams of income and uh, many times we prophesy things that we're not doing and um, and so I'm an advocate that we must become practitioners of the word that God is allowing to flow through us. And so for the last several year, years, I've pursued another supply line that would be a blessing to the body of Christ. And it has been a blessing to the body of Christ. I am a certified life coach trainer. And uh, I want to make sure that these services are Avail, you know, are available to you, those of you who would like to become a life coach. Um, make sure you talk with me after, after the service, and we can talk about that. We have several coaching packages. One right now that's been newly released has to do with spiritual disciplines, because many times people want to develop in spiritual disciplines, and so uh, we have a package that just focused on that. But um, in another week, I believe the week of February the 6th, we um, convene our next life coach training course. And it is a 14-week, it's a comprehensive course. It's life-changing. It's not just information. Uh, it's life, it's, it's, it's transformative. And so I want to make that available to those of you who would like to become a life coach. And, and I want to advise also that if, if you love people, if you care about people, you want to serve people, it's a great way to do that by becoming a life coach. One of the things I've observed in the last, in the last year is that there's a migration of psychologists and counselors moving into coaching because coaching is, tends to be more transformative. Counseling focuses on problems of um, your problems, the, the origin of problems from the past, but coaching focuses on the present and where you're going, and it re, it, it literally um, makes that the, the whole the thing I love about coaching is that is that it starts where you are, and you are the sole person responsible for your transformation. And, and uh, we get a chance to partner with you in that. So if you're interested in it, just talk with me after the service. Um, I've, I, there are a couple things I, um, as we were ministering, or as Pastor Sharon was ministering and praying, and as worship was taking place, um, and this, this thing about your fast, I believe that one of the consequences of your fast is that the whole prophetic uh, element of this church, a good portion of it, the Lord is summoning you to become watchmen and, and that there's a shifting in the anointing and, and to become watchmen regarding the city so that not only do you see what the enemy is planning, because a lot of times, I'm gonna say this, many times prophetic people um, get in trouble because we give our opinions uh, you will hear me say that the prophetic is not commentary. It's not, I, I'm not supposed to give you my commentary on what, what, what the Lord is saying. I, I should say what God is saying. And um, about 
two years ago, the Lord spoke to me during the, the, during the uh, COVID situation. He says, your prophets or prophetic people are not to be biased because you cannot prophesy beyond your bias. You, you are blind in the area where you are biased. You become a blind prophet when you become biased about anything. <laughs> and so um, it was a, 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 a different time for me because many of my brothers and sisters, some of my brothers and sisters, I would say that, um, had become biased. And it's easy to become biased. And God has a way of keeping us in the place uh, or how he knows how to eliminate our areas of opinionation. And, um, and so I've been through that fire before. And so uh, just listening to the Lord, the Lord desires to raise up from this church. Your prayer network here in the church is going to begin to um, undergo some metamorphosis, some metamorphosis. Um, there's, there's a change taking place in terms of this house being a house of prayer. I see the Lord in enlarging the prayer network. I, I see the Lord causing it to increase in size so that various uh, areas can be covered in prayer. I, I see the Lord um, of actually causing this church to partner with other churches who have uh, the same heart the same mind regarding uh, transformation of the city because it is at the heart of God. And I believe the Lord desires to form among churches, different bodies, 24-7 prayer. I believe the Lord is going to use Pastor uh, Sharon as a catalyst regarding prayer, regarding, regarding um, the recruitment of other local churches and in this whole uh, scheme of prayer, uh, the Lord desires to raise up a wall of prayer and he desires to raise up intercessors who not only who not only are able to see what the enemy's plans are, but are able also to see what God is doing and how to and how to take the word of the Lord and conduct spiritual warfare, even through declarations. I believe the Lord is going to cause that to rise out of this church. I also believe the Lord in this year, 2022, he's going to begin to enlarge your online service. I believe the Lord is going to do some things to cause a new favor to rest upon your online service so that you can reach the entirety of Canada with quality. I believe the Lord is going to do, I believe the Lord is going to breathe on your online service. So the plans you have on the books to, to take it to another level, go ahead and take it to another level because the Lord is going to take what you do here in this church because you all are so authentic so innocent. You're not trying to put on a show. This is just who you are. And because of that, the Lord is going to begin to showcase what he's doing through this church. The only thing the Lord asks is that you don't become programmatic. Don't become programmatic. Maintain your authenticity. Maintain, maintain the posture of just doing life and relating to one another. The Lord wants to, to uh, bring favor to 
to your online service. And and I, I just see it on several platforms. I see other nations tuning in to what you're doing. And I, and I just see the Lord breathing on that as you give attention to this particular area. Also, um, I believe the Lord is going to, you all are going to enter into a season of some type of building. Um, um, you're going to begin to relook at plans. You're going to look at uh, refurbishing things because the Lord is going to begin to expand the operations here. I believe the Lord is going to cause this church to be more like a headquarters uh, for other works, for other ministries to report to. I, I just see the hand of the Lord on the church because of the intercession that is taking place. Um, I, I see also that that this church will be involved in more times of prayer and fasting, more times of prayer and fasting. And, and because of your posturing yourselves to pray and fast, the Lord is going to begin to allow the showers of heaven to fall upon the hot places in the city. What you see happening regarding youth in this city, you see the violence, you see all of these things taking place. The Lord says these are only birth pains of the move of God that he desires to bring inside of this city. So the Lord says, begin to change your language regarding what you see and begin to declare what I see and what I'm doing in the earth and watch me engage the heavenly hosts in in in. Um, in cooperation with the words that flow out of your lips regarding this city. The Lord says, this has not caught me by surprise, but I already have a plan for the youth of this city. I already have a plan to the schools. I'm going to begin to visit universities. I'm going to begin to, to cause even what you do on Friday nights to become like a hub where many will stumble in, stumble in to your services that you have on Friday nights. And many will be changed. Many will be changed because of the atmosphere you have created in this house. The Lord says that even on, even on Toronto, uh, there are several campuses in Toronto City that God is going to begin to visit. He's going to begin to visit. And some of you, the Lord will plant you there as he trains you so that you can become a catalyst to reach, to reach college campuses. Amen. There's an anointing on this church to, to cultivate leaders who could be planted inside of the college, inside of the university to reach that university and great works, great works shall flow out of that type of planting that takes place on college campuses. This is the will of the Lord that this church increase in size, but more than that, that your hearts grow in love so that I can increase my flow through you. Amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. I want to say the Lord says your blessing is on the other side of your obedience. This is a season where the Lord wants you to obey him and not shrink from obedience. Your obedience, your, your blessing is on the other side of your obedience. I want to also say those of you who pray for your pastor, pray for your pastor. One of the greatest things you can do is pray for your leader. Pray for your pastors. 
And I, and I declare this blessing over you who pray for your leaders. Those of you who pray for your leaders, may the Lord do in your household double what you declare over your leaders in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, it's, um, it's Colleen here. Your sister. I, I just want you to come down just for a second. Somebody stand with her. This is what I heard the Lord say regarding you. He says, after you have suffered a while, He will raise you up. You have gone through what some would say Joseph's pit. And you have gone through a time of sifting. You thought it was just the enemy. But I hear the Lord saying, this has been a time of refinement and sifting. This has been a time where I have cultivated a new humility inside of you. This is a time, says the Lord, that I've been building character inside of you. I've seen your tears. I've heard your cry. And I've always been nearby. I hear the father saying, the time has come for you to arise out of the pit. I hear the Lord saying regarding you, Colleen, if I'm saying your name correctly. I, 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 I hear the Lord saying, that what he called you to do, you will accomplish and you will reach a generation that is rising in the earth now. For I place skills inside of your heart and skills in, inside of your mind. And I'm going to begin to stir you in a new, fresh way. And you're going to begin to thrive in this upcoming year. As you begin to seek me and apply wisdom, I will begin to reverse what seems to be a curse in your body. And you will begin to climb out of the pit and begin to flourish in terms of your health. The Lord says, change your language. And the Lord says, walk away from all fear. For you have much work to do in the kingdom of God. I hear the Lord saying that he's going to show you exactly how to bathe your DNA in the blood of Jesus. 
and remove from it the contaminant the enemy has used to come against you. The Lord is going to show you how to thrive in spiritual warfare. I see the Lord surrounding you, not with naysayers, but I see the Lord surrounding you with women of strong stature, women who walk in wisdom. For you need wisdom in this hour so that you may move forth. I see the hand of the Lord over you and under you. And the Lord says, I have not left you alone. Amen. In fact, the Lord says, I'm going to say this just because I know a little bit about your situation. Even where you stay, the Lord says, that has been my safe haven for you. When you did not want to take care of yourself, I placed another by your side to watch over you. But I hear the Lord saying, things are changing. And the day will come where you will have your own place. You've desired it before, but the Lord said it wasn't time. But that time will come forth in due time. This is the word of the Lord for you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. I like all I like for all grandparents to just stand up just for a second. All grandparents, if you're a grandparent, just stand. I have a word for you. The Lord says that I've allowed you to be alive for such a time as this. And I have placed inside of you a mantle of prayer. Though you see things you may not like, but I'm calling you in this hour to intercede for the seed that are your grandchildren. For inside of them, I've placed my treasure and it will come forth in accordance to your intercession. Begin to bless them, bless them, speak words of blessing over them and do not contaminate their soul with dishonor against their parents. But speak blessing, intercede, birth the move of God in their lives so that they may rise and fulfill the destiny that I've carved out for each of them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I believe each of your grandchildren, each of your grandchildren have been specially marked by God for greatness, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise again, amen. Amen, I think I can... I'm going to abbreviate this as much as I can. The word God gave me in terms of preaching and sharing with you, um, prophets do more than prophesy. 
And because I'm part of a local church, part uh, part of what my wife and I do, we work with building the saints. Amen. And we have a sensitivity to what Christ is building in this church. I, I want to also speak to you about, um, and I, I'll say that later. Father, I thank you, Lord, for helping me to, to abbreviate this word regarding honor. I thank you, Lord, that you desire this church. It's already a church of honor. But I thank you, Lord, for causing supernatural honor to abide in this church. I thank you, Lord, for teaching this church how to weaponize honor and how to use honor as a spiritual weapon. I thank you, Lord, for the culture of honor. I thank you, Lord, for emptying your heart for this house inside of my heart. And may your mind be in my words. I ask you, Heavenly Father, nothing else matters except what you are saying. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a, there, there was a person singing. She was not the last person on the stage. She was like the second person. Where are you? If you could stand in the middle aisle, I just I see your face so clear. Your name is, that's the name of my daughter. Praise God. Amen. Amen. This is what I hear from the Lord. The Lord says he's gifted your hands. I don't know what you do for a living, but there is something you're supposed to do with your hands. And I see the Lord breathing upon the works of your hands. I see the Lord pulling you out of a season of confinement. And I see the Lord bringing clarity to you. And as you allow yourself to migrate out of where you are into a place of clarity and single-eyed focused on the target. The Lord says he's going to bless. He's going to lavish you with blessing. The Lord says stop trusting in what you can do. Stop trusting in all areas of your life. And as you trust him in the area, not just regarding the works of your hands, but as you trust him, I see the Lord blessing you and bringing addition in your life in a way you would have, you, you couldn't dream of what the Lord wants to bring into your life. I see some changes that must be made, even regarding certain people in your life. And as you make those changes, the Lord says, trust me, if you let it go, I will turn around and I will embarrass you with blessing. 
I've heard the cry from your heart. And you've asked the Lord at times, why me and why not me? And you have never been, the words I'm hearing, you've never been like the favorite child. But God says, God says, look at me. He says, you are his favorite child. And the Lord says, as you begin to relate with him as your heavenly father, you are going to be amazed at how I treat my children. And I see the Lord changing your residence. I see the Lord enlarging where you live and how you live. I see the Lord uniquely connecting you. I see the Lord taking the struggle out of your life. That is God's desire. You've been struggling for years. And the Lord desires to remove that from your life. I want to say to you, he, you have caught the attention of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord praise, amen. We're going to talk about honor I think I see how I can shorten this, okay. I believe that this message is a foundational message regarding where the Lord wants to take this church in 2023. You know what honor is? Honor is the, a, a respect, it's respect manifested. It is to hold in honor or high respect to revere. It is to treat with honor. It is to show courteous regard for. It is to meet or salute with a bow. When we look in the Bible, we find that honor, the Bible is a book of honor. It says in Psalms 34, 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs 22, 4. But the one that catches my eye more than anything is 1 Peter 2, 17. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Say, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And honor the king. And when it says honor the king, it's talking about honor, honoring uh, governing authorities. Every sin on earth is connected to the sin of dishonor. The first four commandments has, uh, of the first four of the Ten Commandments has to do with honoring God. The last six has to do with honoring man. God dealing with that. 
if you so honor as a seat of respect, the outcome is recognition. I want to say this today that honor open doors of access. Dishonor is a seed for instant loss. Lot dishonored God, dishonored her husband. She, she turned around and she turned into a pillar of salt. Michelle or Michael or Michael um, cursed David. At, no, she didn't, he, she didn't curse him. She just talked about him. You get what? He's dancing and he was dancing so much before God. His tunic came off and she said, this is so ridiculous. You're a king and you're carrying on like this. And because she said that, he said, you will never bear a child. It had to do with dishonor. Korah, Barah, and Nabatim, uh, Korah, Abaram, they dishonored Moses. They talked about Moses and guess what happened? The ground opened up and swallowed them. And everybody else who was following. Even Aaron and Miriam. Miriam was Moses' sister. And Aaron was Moses' brother. And they got upset. They uh, they were upset because Moses... Moses uh, had a, a, a wife of a different race. And God said, over here! <laughs> he heard what they were discussing in the bedroom. They were talking about Moses' choice. And God said, okay, I speak to my prophets in dreams and visions. But my servant Moses, I speak to him face to face. And then because they did not honor Moses. Oh, man. Um, Miriam was strict with leprosy for a while. And the only reason, the only reason Aaron was not uh, stricken with leprosy was because he was the high priest. They needed a high priest but he had to watch his sister suffer because they practice dishonor. Oh, man. Ananias and Sapphira, they dishonored. They lied to the men of God. And Peter said, okay. He said, you didn't lie to me. You lied to the Holy Ghost. Now, that thing messed with me because they did lie to him. But the issue here was that the office that, that Peter stood in, that office, that place of authority came from the Lord. You may not like the person, but you better respect the position. Because all authority comes from God and God will use authority. He will use authority. Hear me. He will use authority to deal with you in areas where you have have not allowed the Lord to deal with you. I know this is not a shouting message. 
David, King David, honored Saul. Saul made more than 20 attempts to kill him. And when he had the opportunity to kill David, David, I think David kind of contemplated it. <laughs> he walked over there, cut his skirt, and then the scripture says his heart smote him. His heart smote him because Saul was the anointed, God's anointed. He was in the position of king, although he was not a good king. Oh, man. And guess what God did? He gave David another opportunity. And when you keep filling these opportunities for, to grow, when it comes to honor, God will give you another opportunity. Some of you are on your fifth or tenth opportunity at work. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and so God gave David an another opportunity. I mean, and David this time, David did not do it. He just left his sword. And when Saul woke up, Saul said, I know David will become king. Mainly because David honored Saul, a man who made 22 attempts on his life. The problem with many of us is that we let unfairness, we let, we let unfairness dictate our attitude. And many times, in my history, I have seen the Lord use instances of unfairness to deal with his servants. He did it in the life of Joseph. Everything about what happened to him was unfair, but that was part of his preparation. You can read it in the Bible. You know, marriages fail because of the lack of honor. So we find that in the kingdom of God, honor must operate as a verb more than it does as a noun. I like this translation. I forgot what translation it is, but in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the eighth verse, it says, what you make happen for others, God will make happen to you. Praise God. So if... Man, just look at that verse. It, 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 it will massage your heart a little bit. And it may also give you an answer to why certain things are happening the certain ways because of what you are making happen to others. Man, I didn't write this. And, and I remember a while back, uh, I heard a man of God say, you have to live in the environment you prophesy. So I've had to live in that environment. So I'm going to talk just for a second about different places where you have to work on honor. Number one, you have to learn to honor parents. You have to learn uh, how to, as adult children, you have to learn to honor your parents. God is looking at how you honor your parents. It's interesting, the only verse in the Bible with a, with a promise. All the Ten Commandments were primarily commands, but this one, honor your father and mother, that your days may be. And then the other one, he says, honor your parents. 
so that it may do what? Go well with you. And sometimes when things are not going well with you, you need to examine how you are walking that out. Praise God. I do have on a protective shield, bulletproof vest. (laughs) So how do you honor your parents as an adult child? Number one, you got to appreciate them. You need to say thank you to them. You need to communicate with understanding. Ask them about that. They more than that, just like they tolerated you when you were coming up, you may have to tolerate some things they say. You don't need to get mad about everything they say. You don't have to turn everything into a fight. You don't have to turn it into an argument. Some things you just let roll by. Some things my mom says she's 84. Man, hey, I, I just let it roll off. It's my way of honoring her. Some of you have forgotten. Some of you have forgotten when you could not take care of yourself, when you could not wipe yourself, when you could not feed yourself, when you could not dress yourself, when you could not, you could not decide what school to go, when you could not take care of yourself when you were sick, when you, when you did not know how to drive and you had to depend on somebody to get you where you needed to go. It was mom and dad. One of the ways to honor your parents as adult children is to show or show a heart of gratitude. Another way to do this is seek their advice. It's interesting. When you become an adult, the scriptures is not not dictating that you obey them as a child. But there is a difference from obeying your parents in terms of obeying them and honoring them. If you, if you disagree with what they say, that's one thing. But it's another thing if you show disrespect. It's another thing if you talk to them like they're your child. If you, if you belittle them. If you curse them. If you push on them. If you holler at them. That's disrespect. And I'm telling you right now, heaven operates by honor. The angels of God that surround you, they literally, they operate out of honor. And so when you touch a person in authority, when you touch and dishonor a parent, when you do, do, I mean, just do dirty stuff to your parent, talk about your parent, put your parent down and then speak in tongues in the same breath. I remember one child was hollering at their parent, their mom, Remember, one child was hollering at their mom and ran out of the house and ran right into a car. The Bible says, I think it's Proverbs, the 17th chapter. when, When we are rebellious, the Bible talks about the Lord creating a cruel messenger to deal with rebellion. Y'all can look it up. It's somewhere. It's in there. (laughs) Another way to honor your adult parents is to take care of your parents. Take care of them. They can't drive. Guess what? That means somebody got to go get their groceries. Somebody got to pick them up. Somebody take care of your parents as much as you can. 
treat them with appreciation. Now, you know what gets me? I have a scripture for this. Those of you who are saying, Elder Crawford, you need to be scriptural about this. You don't understand my situation. After Jesus, after Jesus had been beat all night long, slapped around with the crown all on his head, back like hamburger. I mean, man, nail prints in his hands, hanging on the cross while he was in a stupor from the pain. He looked down from the cross and said, John, behold your mother. Basically, what, he, what Jesus said, take care of my mama by allowing her to become your mother and take care of her the same way I would have. He made provision for his parents. All right, I know that didn't go over well. But then at the same time, parents who are parents honoring their adult children. How can a parent honor their adult children? Understand, understand. Don't always, don't talk down to your adult because they're not children anymore. Don't talk down to them. You'll always be my child. That's true. I look at my children. I got two of them in the house with me. They are are my children, but I do not treat them like they're little children. They have responsibilities. They take care of responsibilities. I don't pay their car note. They pay their car note. They pay their car insurance. They take care of their bills. I've never raised my children to be dependent on me or Jane. But as parents, we respect them. You got to respect their style. Their style you may not like. My daughter is so much of an artist. She has art all over her body. Now, I wouldn't put that on me. But you know something? I got to respect her. I got to respect her. She's she's not spending my money doing that. (laughs) And then you got to look at if your child has a spouse, the only way you can really respect your child, you got to respect that spouse. He may be a deadbeat, praise God. <laughs> then you know you need to go on one of these 21 day fasts again and, and, and pray for them. <laughs> no, but y'all think I'm kidding because, to, because if you keep dishonoring the spouse, you're dishonoring your child. Woo, praise God. Do not embarrass them in front of other people. And the worst thing you can do with your adult children is don't compare your child with another sibling. Don't say, why can't you be like so-and-so? 
So-and-so is so compliant, but you don't know how big a devil she is, you know, because you don't see what she does. The other one does it in front of you. And then we dads have to be, you know, because some of us dads are in the sports. I, I made my boys have my wife's temperament. So I made sure. Am I all right? I made sure my boys knew how to fight. Oh, yes. I, they took karate. They became black belts. And I made sure they could take care of themselves because they have a soft nature. I played football, I ran track. I never made them do that. Although I secretly wanted them to. <laughs> but I allowed them to be who they are. The next place of honor, a, a husband must honor his wife. You know, one of the greatest ways you can honor your wife, praise God, encourage her. How often do you encourage your wife? Is encouragement anywhere? Encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. Another way to honor your wife is put her first. Another way to honor your wife is to be a connoisseur of her beauty. And what I mean by that is put money in her hands to buy jewelry, to, to, to buy makeup, to buy, to buy all measure of clothing. Man, I look at my wife's closet, man, I'm saying, I look at her sometimes and say, where did you get that from? <laughs> where did you get that from? <laughs> and some kind of way it's in the closet, man. <laughs> And so the whole thing is you got to give, you know, we men don't stand in the mirror painting our eyes. I mean, I know for my wife, it takes about an hour to get ready. Jane, I'm not, I'm not, she knows I'm not talking about her. She knows, she knows, she knows because one of our biggest fights on Sunday morning is how we get out of the house. It don't take but five or ten minutes for me to get out of the house because basically all I got to do is put on pants, put on a shirt, you know, bathe, put a deodorant on, I'm out of the house, man. But women, man, they got to do all kind of stuff, man. I mean, got to shave the legs, they got to put lashes on, got to work on the nails. Got, I mean, all this stuff, man, it's like a full-time job, you know. So Then they want to go get the nails done. And then, man, she told me the other day, I said, Jane, she said, yeah, you all, I got to go get my nails done. I said, how much is it? She said, $65. I didn't even look to see if, I want, I want to see, I didn't even look to see what else was on that bill, you know. I just, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, women, you got, they got to have money. I, that's all I got to, I, <laughs> They got all kind of stuff, man. All you got to do is walk in the store. They got rolls of stuff only for, for women. We only have maybe two shelves in the store. <laughs> Another thing is to respect her. It's the truth. It's respect her. Oh, man, y'all just making me think, man. Man, they have to get the hair wash. Then they have to get color. And then they have to get a permanent, praise God. And then they have to go get a retouch. Oh, oh man. 
I've been trying to figure out, is there a way to deduct this on income tax? That would be an incentive of all incentives. But, but the deal is this, fellas. I just want to say you love your wife by partnering with her and her beauty exploits. Praise God. Another one is don't make fun of her in front of the children. Don't make fun of her in front of friends. Another one is, is man, she's not, your, she's not your student and you're not her teacher. I used to, I, I, I was, man, me and the Holy Ghost was Jane's mentors. We were, we, <laughs> I remember the day Jane told me, she said, I'm not your student. I'm, I'm not your student. And, um, oh man, my wife can be feisty. She's nice, but she can be feisty. And so I remember the day she told me that. And then I never forget the day she told me, she said, you're never on my side. What you mean I'm never on your side? I will always back you up. She said, every time I talk to you about something at work, you always talk, you're always on the, peop, the other people's side. You're always siding with them. But Jen, I'm looking at this thing logically. I think that's the right thing to do. It didn't occur to me. Basically, what she wanted me to do is to listen. She didn't need my logic. She just wanted me to listen to what so-and-so was doing, what so-and-so's child, so-and-so's child had the first teeth, you know, uh, what was happening with, with all, all, all these different stories, man. And so the, I figured out a way to do it is to just see those as stories. And so the next day she talked to me, she gave me the continuation. And that way, you know, I see my stories and I could, I could, I could deal with it. Because if you don't listen to her, you may not be married long enough. You, because wives want to talk. <laughs> wives want to talk. Praise God. Tell her what she means to you. Remember the special days. Do not forget birthday. Do not forget anniversary. Do not, even, even they want an Easter outfit. I, that, that, I knew it was more. Easter, <laughs> Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. Oh my God. Did I miss another one? All I'm talking about is, what we're talking about here is honor. Honor. I'm looking at some of the husbands. Look, but ways to honor your husband. Ways to honor your husband. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest things you could do for your husband is to brag on him. Brag on him. Brag on him in front of somebody. Brag on him in terms of what he's doing. What he's doing right. You know, we do do some things right. <laughs> brag on him in terms of how he's taking care of the car. How he's taking care of the house. How he's taking care of the bills. My wife, she doesn't sit down and have to worry about bills. That's my job. Her job is to spin, praise God. <laughs> but I'm serious about this. It, got, it works on both ends. So how do you honor your husband? Put him first. Brag on him. You fix food at the table and you're feeding the children. Bring his plate out first and put it on the table. Why? 
because it teaches the children that dad is the respected person. They're not going to die from hunger because you put the food on, you put his plate first. It's a message to your children regarding his place of authority. And it's your way of honoring him. And what happens when you honor him, he will honor you. And more than that, when the children start cutting up, oh man, dad, you know, for me, basically, you know, you know, my kids didn't cut up when I took, you know, when I used to take them to get the haircut and everything or get shots. They didn't cut up with me. They cut up with her. They didn't cut up with me. And so anytime, see, I don't know if they used to fight when I wasn't home with Jane, but they never fought when I was there because I didn't tolerate children fighting each other. That's something you can control. That's, as a parent, that's something you control. Children do not have to fight each other. I said, you, you fight for each other, but you won't fight each other here. Oh man, I know y'all looking at me right now. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because what dad's supposed to do when children raise their voice at mama, guess who dad is supposed to walk in? Now, hey, before you came here, she was my queen. That's what dads are supposed to do. Oh my God. You know, another way that you could honor your husband, ask his opinion. Although you know all things, wives. Ask his, op- <laughs> ask his opinion. Actually listen to what he has to say. And the way that you can prove that you listening to what he say, restate what he has said and seek to clarify. Do not put him down in front of others and do not put him down in front of the children. Speak highly of him to your friends and family and learn to honor his space. Honor his space. In my house, I have one space. I'm just, I'm just trying to help. Someone told me this and it's helped me. The house is an extension of your wife's self-esteem. Let your wife beautify the house the way she wants to. Let her do that. I remember my wife was changing the furniture every, every, I, see for me, stuff can stay the same. She wants to change it for every season. So if you go in my basement, we got, we got a whole large space devoted to the four seasons of the I have one place. That place is my office. I have a big, comfortable chair in my office. I have a 65-inch television in my office. I have my desk in the office. I have two computer consoles in my office. That is my place. And every once in a while, she wants to try to arrange that. The next thing is, how do you honor your little children? How do you honor your little children? I got just two more and we're out of here. 
How do you honor your little children? First of all, you want to provide a place of safety for your children. Parents are supposed to provide a place of safety. I'm talking about high school, junior high, and elementary, nursery. Number two, you want to provide an oasis of unconditional love. Children need an unlimited amount of unconditional love. Children need their parents, they need their dad to supply copious amounts of unconditional love. Your children, they need to hear you say, I love you in the language they speak. It probably was not the culture of your family, but it must become the culture of your household if you want your children to go in another direction. They need to experience love coming, man, Man, and speaking, never call your child stupid. Never call them another name. Ne- ne- don't ever curse your children out. Don't ever pull on them and, and call them ugly and say names and call them every other name except the name you gave them. You want to honor your children by the way you speak to them. They need to hear from the day they're born to the day they become adults. They need to hear a continual flow of unconditional love coming out of your mouth. Love that is not based on performance. Love that is not based on what they do. You love them because they exist and they came from you. You want to turn your house around? You start loving your children unconditionally. You start bringing and giving them gifts, not on the basis of their performance. You just give, they say, why, why, why did you buy me this? And you turn around and say, you know, I bought this because I just love you. Oh my God. You got to accept your children. You got to accept them. Some children are not smart. That's true. Some Some children are not athletic. Some children are not artistic. Some children, some children are really awkward. Some children are, are, are slow. Guess what? But they need that unconditional acceptance. Because I'm going to tell you something. It, that, uh, that, that environment of acceptance is the soul of transformation. And if you can accept the child and your child knows that you accept them, my God. They can become anything, but they cannot grow and transform unless there is an environment of acceptance. Next, don't play the favorites. Play the favorites and you destroy the child and you destroy the sisters and brothers as well. Next, you must provide for your children healthy boundaries. That's how you show you love your child healthy boundaries. And what I mean by healthy boundaries, I mean healthy boundaries that they do their homework. You, you, you build that into a child. You train, you know how you train a child? You train a child by them doing, you doing the same thing over and over and over. You know how you can bring change in your child's life? Be consistent. Be consistent. So if you said you're going to do this, then you do that. And so you want them to be consistent in studying, then you build a culture in your home. When you come home, then you do your homework. I remember, you know, I remember one of my boys, for a season, I had to sit with him to do his homework. 
And every once in a while, he'll stop and say, Dad, I'm tired. I'm tired. I said, son, I'm not tired. <laughs> and so you're going to sit here and you're going to finish it. And, and he sat there and he finished it. You know, you, you, you have what you, the bounders, all my children, I made sure they could read. Made sure they could read, made sure they could write, made sure that they, I mean, made sure they could read. You build healthy boundaries by, uh, you choose who they play with. You, you build healthy boundaries by, by, yes, controlling what they look at. Some of you parents right now, you, you need to control the phone. That phone is controlling your house and the destiny of your child. And some of you need to get a hold of that phone and find out who they are communicating with and what they are looking at. And some of you need to find out if your child is being bullied, being put down. If your child is struggling, you need to enter into your child's world. You need to know what's going on. And then you build healthy boundaries. Okay. The next one. You got to honor your employee, your employer. Say honor your boss. The Bible talks about this, honoring your boss. I'm going to say this to you. If you want to be promoted at work, don't say anything at work that you do not want on the megaphone at work. Because whatever you say at work has a way of getting back to your leaders or to someone who's in the place of authority. And just because the, your friend is listening to you, taking in everything you say, don't think for a moment they want you to prosper. They're looking for a way to take you down. So they take your information and give it to somebody else to undermine you because they know you're being considered for the position. This is one of the reasons why some people are never promoted because of their mouth. Another thing you want to do, be on time at work. Don't be there five minutes later. Don't be, you know, and, and they're not firing people now because they don't have enough workers. But the problem is this, you're not promotable if you're not on time. If you're not on time, you don't respect the protocol at work. You're not in a position to be on, you, anyway, you wanna honor, you wanna honor break. You wanna call them Mr. or Miss, Miss. You don't wanna just call, hey Joe, hey Joe, hey. You wanna fulfill the agreements you make. You wanna pursue excellence in everything you do. You want, you want everything that you do, you want it to look good, you want it to represent Christ. You want, to, you, you want every believer should receive at least good or excellent women. Every believer should receive superior or excellent, maybe with some goods when it comes to evaluations. Yes. That's your report card of honor. <laughs> Next, you want to pray for your boss. You want to pray for your boss. And then next, you want to pursue holiness at work. And what I mean by pursuing holiness at work, right now the work environment has become the place of sexual connections. 
It's become the place where people fall into adultery, emotional adultery. Work site has become a place where even men and women of God, believers, fall at work. And some believers are able to, to carry on, um, yeah, carry on affairs for years at work without no one knowing. But the day comes when God pulls the covers off and he exposes it. Joseph, everybody at work has to face some form of temptation coming from that area. Joseph faced the temptation and he did not fail. He did not fall. And because he did not fall, later on he was honored. When you go through serious times of temptation and temptation, times of temptation do come and not all temptation is sexual. Some temptation has to do with stealing. Some uh, 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 temptation has to do with taking money. Someone saying, you just be quiet about this. I give you this. That's a temptation, especially if you have bills to pay, but the money is ill guided. But it's only a test. And the last one, praise God. Say praise God. You want to honor your spiritual leader. You want to honor your spiritual leader. The Bible talks about honoring the man and woman of God. You want to know how to honor your pastors. I can always tell. If the parents speak well of the pastor by what they say to me when I talk to them, <laughs> I can always tell by how the children treat the pastor because the parents have poisoned their children. And by doing that, they have negated the spiritual connection that's, that will be needful for them in the future. When, when my children could not talk to me and would not talk to me, they ended up talking to the men and women of God that I respect. My friends became their friends. So you want to you pray. You, you want to know how to honor your pastor? Pray for your pastor. Number two, you want to get more involved in the church. You want to get involved. You want, you want to ask them, how can I serve? Let's see how that sounds. How can I serve? Next, you want to support them personally. Sometimes one of the greatest things you can do is send them a card. Send them a card. Send them a note. Say, we appreciate you. Say, we love you. Say, say we were thinking about you. Put something in the envelope. Another way that you can honor your pastor. Provide. I think y'all are doing that now. Allowing him to have a time of rest. But there are times you can help your pastor by completing a project at church. Help him complete something that's nagging to him. Solve a problem. That, that you can solve, that he doesn't have to involve himself with. Ask them, how can I most help you? One of the biggest things that surprised me about this church is that 
I'm serious when I said this this morning. I, I'm looking at Pastor Sharon, and I see how hard she works serving us and some of the pastoral team. She's not asking the congregation to serve. She's serving as well. And, say, and serving with all of her heart. And watching the team around her serve. I believe that is so beautiful before the Lord. That you have leaders who serve. They don't sit alongside and just watch other people get the work done. And I believe that one of the things that must happen in 2023. Is that every person in this house. Find your area of service. Volunteer your time. I have waxed floors. I have emptied garbage. I have cleaned the buildings. I have moved desks and tables. I have done it all out of the joy of serving and serving our leaders. Another way you can serve your leaders, it'd be great maybe. Just say, hey, we want you to go on a vacation and we've raised so many dollars for you all to go on a 10-day vacation. We got everything straight. They have not asked me to do this. But I'm saying, find a way to bless them. Find a way to bless them. I'm I'm looking at Pastor Sharon. She's down the hall praying for a member in distress. I go to churches the pastor wives that don't care about the saints. They only care about the dollars they get. They wouldn't be moved. They wouldn't be moved by one of the members crying in pain. But I watch them. They make sure that the sheep are taken care of. They, they have made, they make sure, I, I watch, they have hired staff to work with them so that, that, that each and every one of you, if you need to reach somebody for help, you can reach somebody. You all have great leaders. You all have great leaders. I've gone places where the pastors say, all we care about is bucks in the pews. And they they, they didn't say B-U-T, they were saying B-U-C, bucks. They cared about the money, but they didn't care about the sheep. They didn't care about the people of God. They didn't care about, you all have leaders who care, who love. God has given you his best. Because you are his best. You get the leadership you deserve. I believe 2023 should be a year. Your esteem of them should go higher. The reason why I prayed for Colleen was because she's part of the family. And so many times you don't know how the family get hit in spiritual warfare. That's why we pray for the leaders. Because the enemy, his target, if I, I, if I could smite the shepherd, I can scatter the sheep. And that's the enemy's game. So I'm not saying you don't honor your leaders, but I'm saying I believe the Lord wants all of us to take it, what, higher. 
And I believe the pastors on staff can show you how and lead you in that direction. But how many of you would say today, I know we got to go. How many of you would say today, man, when you were talking about one of these areas, I saw myself (laughs) and I saw that I need help in this area. I want you to stand wherever you are. You know, in the house of God, there is no, no shame. The only shame is not recognizing that there's a need for change. (laughs) I want to lead you in a prayer. In fact, I want to speak a word over you. How many of you, your area was parent, was parenting? Just, let me see, just raise your hands. How many of you, it was your employer? How many of you, it was your boss? How many of you, it, it, it was, it had to do with your children, how you treat your children? How you treat your parents? How you treat your wife? How you treat your husband? Praise God. So this church, we have perfect uh, husbands and wives. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Father, I, I, I bring these men and women before you. Lord, I thank you for a new freshman, a, a, a refreshment of commitment in this church. I thank you, Lord, that you will teach this church how to weaponize honor. I thank you, Lord, that even as King David honored Saul, he weaponized honor and it caused him to become king of Judah and Israel. As Esther honored the king, she weaponized honor. She and Mordecai. And she delivered a whole nation because of honor. And Mordecai became the governor. I thank you, Lord, for teaching us this year that as we be endeavor to honor from our heart and not live from a place of fairness but from a place of intentionality a place of honoring you by honoring one another and honoring the brotherhood father i thank you lord that the environment for revival will be created because of the culture of honor in this church i thank you lord that there will be such a change of heart lord regarding honoring the brotherhood that we would even make sure that our apologies are sincere. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus where apologies need to take place among members in the house. 
Lord, I thank you today, Lord, that men and women will be on the phone. Men and women will talk to one another after church. And Lord, I thank you for sincere, heartfelt apologies, Lord. Sincere, heartfelt apologies, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that as the apologies take place, as offenses are settled before you, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would not allow these words to fall to the ground. I thank you, Lord, that you would open the heavens. You would open the heavens at the point of obedience. You would open the heavens at the point of honor. You would open the heavens, Lord, at the point of recognition of honor. I thank you, Lord, that you would cause such a downflow of your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your empowering presence to permeate the atmosphere that people will feel it outside of the building to in a two-mile radius. They would experience the cloud of glory that sits upon this house because of the sincere love of the brethren in this church. Lord, I speak this over men and women. Some of you in this room right now, there are apologies that must take place. Even today, there are apologies. If you know a person is offended with you, you need to go to them today. If you know you have offended someone and said something you shouldn't have said, we all do it at times because of where we are, but it's wrong to just let it go. Apologize. Get it right. Get it right. Husbands and wives, get it right. Moms and dads, get it right. Today, let change begin today. Father, I pray, Father, at the point of their obedience, let a measurable blessing break forth upon them and their household. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your angels are awaiting. Your angels are awaiting the emission, the manifestation of honor. I thank you, Lord, for some right now. Because of the work and activity of honor, I thank you, Father, that you will cause them to be promoted at work. Father, things that have been held up, Lord, they will be honored at work. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord overtaking men and women because of the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, give him praise right now. I want to say to you, I want to say to you, I think this is important that you get with each other today. Don't delay in that and then all some of you have problems with your parents and you don't know what to do because you can't solve it that means you need healing in your heart I want to invite you to go to the encounter you say how many times do I need to go to encounter until you are fully healed amen you go to this encounter you go targeting I need to get my heart healed and lastly you honor God by honoring the Lord in tithes and offerings. I thank you, Lord, for a church of 100% tithers. I thank you, Lord, that you would cause this church 
to become a church, Lord, where everyone tithes and gives joyfully. And because of that type of unity across the board, because of the honor they all demonstrate to you, let there be no end to the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 in this church, among this people, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give Prophet Yule a hand this morning. Honestly, we're so honored by the gift that they are. I receive that word. Let us be doers of the word, not only hearers, amen. Like I'm believing the Lord for all that he wants to do in our midst and honor is a big deal. So I just want to close with saying this. We do. I just want to remind you, we are going to bless them financially as they go back to the States. So you're able to do that at the debit terminal, whatever, um, whatever, wherever you want to do that. If we can honor them by sewing into them, um, as they go back to the States. And I want to just say, um, that we are, we're in a new era of church in that God is, I believe the Lord is wanting to provoke us to growth. Some of it may be in time, you know, we've gone over a little bit of time. Some of it may be in giving, some of it may just be in challenging words. So we are in a season where God is saying, I'm gonna move you out of your comfort zone. How many people sign up for growth? So this message that came this morning, that's because God wants us to grow as a body of believers. Let me pray for you as we go today. Father, I pray out of number 624, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, as we go, thank you for safety on the roads. Thank you that we will be doers of your word. Bring the people before us that we need to make things right with. And we thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. For those of you who are wanting more information about coaching, um, what we're going to do, Timo, if you can do me a favor, can we create some sort of list for that? Cause I know there's a lunch that, that we want to make sure that these guys are able to go to. So if you are, are wanting more information about connecting with prophet Yule through coaching, um, Timo, and the team will be at, where will you be? At the desk in the foyer. You can get that information there, okay? And clearly mark the offering. Sorry, please do. Clearly mark the offering. Crawford's or you're going to be contributing to our regular ties and offerings. Have an awesome week. Be blessed as you go today.